stand in your way. That you would do what you want to do. Bless our time together this morning. Open our, our minds and our hearts to hear from you. Precious, holy name. Amen. Well, good morning. How's everybody this morning? Now, I want to give you a, a couple quick updates uh, on a few things. First of all, on shift uh, 22 or 23 or whatever year it is now, um, I think it was shift 21 when we started, but stuff keeps getting more and more expensive. And if, if you're new to Journey and uh, not quite sure what shift is, it's our fundraiser to buy eggs. So we're almost there. Uh, we've raised about $590,000, so we're almost to the point where everyone gets, yeah, no, it's, it, I know. Uh, almost to where everyone can take home a dozen eggs. So it's going to be great. What a blessing it is. Um, I'm kidding. Um, buy your own eggs. Um, I, got, I got four kids at home, okay, and they like eggs, so it, it, pray for me. Uh, we have been raising money now for, uh, and it's, it's well over a year. And um, awesome that we have, most of this has been given by you guys. We've also received a few grants. Um, we're almost complete with chapter one, and what chapter one is basically a facelift of the existing building. Painted the building, added this new uh, entryway here on the north side. Uh, we have one more thing to do in chapter one, and that is to replace the sign. Um, you know, we got this new highway here, so we want to make sure everything looks good and inviting, and people come by and say, hey, that church has really got something going on, and want to come um, learn more about Jesus here. So keep giving. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much and being so faithful with this. The goal from the outset was about $750,000. And it's not that that isn't still the goal, and we're not trying to move the goal posts. But as you know, things are getting more expensive. Uh, when we started out on this project, lumber prices were here, and you know now they're here. So everything keeps getting more expensive. So it's not that we want to be greedy and get as much as we can, but things just cost more than they did 18 months ago, right? I mean, have you noticed that? Um, so uh, keep giving. We, we appreciate you being faithful in this. Also want to update you about the Eon Foundation. You may remember we did that towards the end of the year, and this was for children in South Africa. Uh, provide them shoes and backpacks and stationary school supplies, things like that. You guys gave $3,200 towards that, so a few days after Christmas, uh, we wired that money over there to them. So thank you for being a blessing to kids all across the world in another hemisphere and blessing them for that. Um, last week, Pastor Benny Anderson was here. And man, wasn't he great? He was, yeah. He, he, was, he was so much fun. And what a great word he had. Now, he said something that caught, um, made me perk up a little bit. He talked about how he was an interactive preacher. And I thought I was in a different church because you guys were really participating with him. And I, I, I recognize that I am not near the pastor or preacher that that man is, but if you could humor me today and participate with me, that would be awesome. I mean, it's not going to make me any better. Okay, settle down. I'm kidding. Keep going. Um, maybe it'll make me a little better. Probably not. That you're stuck with me anyway. So, um, okay. So I have a question for you guys. I want to I want to start off this morning. How many of you, and I, I want you to raise your hand, have some sort of security system at home, a Ring video camera, something like that? 
most of you. Okay, now, for those of you that have that, I want you to yell out why you have that. Children, preach. (laughs) Babe, we need to get one of those. (laughs) Safety. Okay, so we have those things. You know, maybe you have Vivint. You know, you get the guys walking down the street in their orange shirt and knock on your door and tell you how great their product is. Um, or, or, you know, I know, I, I know April, where is April at? Where'd she go? I get this just, Gerard, you're right there. Are you, do you still have the ring video camera? And because I remember when you first got it, you would, those notifications were constantly popping up that I guess somebody walked in front, but yeah, right. Gotta be safe from those birds. Them, them, them gooses will get you. Um, so w- we do this to feel safe, to protect our family, to, um, protect our material possession. Um, it's kind of like this technology guardian, I guess, if you will. It gives us peace of mind. Now, for those of you that have cameras, I'm sure you see some funny things from time to time. We have uh, 16 different cameras here at the church, and you never know um, what you're going to see. And I found a little compilation of videos that I put together of things that ring video cameras have caught. Now, the one that I found is like an hour long, and I have shortened that to about 30 minutes so that I don't have to preach. So I hope you guys enjoy this, and maybe somewhere in there you'll find Jesus. So let's watch this. This is why I don't put Christmas lights up. So on that last one, there there is audio, and he's on the phone, he falls the first time, and he's like, oh my gosh, I just fell down, and then he takes two steps and he falls again. So we all need a defender or a guardian or a protector in our lives, and we, you know, we have security systems, and we have these cameras that give us that peace of mind, and I want to talk a little bit about that today. Shout out to Jocelyn one more time for making me a great graphic, because I'm not smart enough to figure it out. Um, I'm taking her to lunch tomorrow as a thank you, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, But she always does a good job for me. So one of the stories that I want to look at today that is probably one of the most recognizable stories in the Old Testament, and maybe the whole Bible, even for people who don't go to church, and that's David and Goliath. We were taught this story from the time that we were little. And this story is used today in sports when you have an underdog against, you know, someone who is considered to be a juggernaut. And so I want to take a look back at this, and I'm going to tell a little bit of the story, and then we're going to read a little bit as well. So the Israelites were on one side of a valley, and the Philistines were on the other side of the valley, and getting ready to battle. And then there's this guy, Goliath, as you know, and the Bible tells us that he is essentially a 
massive giant. He is a proven warrior, and everybody is afraid of him, and he is almost 10 feet tall, about 9 foot 9 inches. So he is a large specimen of a man, and nobody wants anything to do with him. And so he comes out every morning and every night for 40 days to the front of the line, and he talks trash to the Israelites. And he can back it up because he has proven what he can do over and over again. And so every day, twice a day, he comes out, and he's, he's yelling at them. He's like, bring me somebody to fight me. If that person beats me, we will become your servants. But if I kill him and I win, then you will become our servants. Well, the Israelites didn't, they, they were terrified. They didn't want anything to do with him. And King Saul is, is there, and nobody, I mean, the Bible actually uses the word dismayed. They, they didn't even want to, no, no one wanted to volunteer. So here comes David, okay? David had been tending two sheep, his father's sheep. David's three older brothers are in the army, and his, his dad has said, hey, go check on them. Go make sure they're okay. And so he goes, and he, he hears this guy chirping on the other side, and he's, for some reason, not afraid. And he tells King Saul, I'll go fight him. King Saul says, you, you can't, you're just a young man. You, you can't do this. I got, I got warriors. I've got trained, skilled fighters that don't want anything to do with me. You can't do it. And David says, well, but I protect my father's sheep. And I've literally killed a bear and a lion with my own hands protecting the sheep. I can take care of this guy. And so Saul says, well, let's, I'm going to give you my, my armor. You put that on. So David puts it on. And he says, I can't fight in this. this it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And he takes it off. And he says, I, I don't need any of this. Okay? So now we're going to come up to where I want to read. So if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel. He's uh, in chapter 17, starting in verse 45. David said to the Philistines, to Goliath, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. So now he's talking a little trash to Goliath. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack them, I imagine at that point Goliath is, is just livid. It's like, who is this little runt talking to me this way? And so he just takes off and thinks, I'm going to take care of this really quickly. Well, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. And I love this next line. It's so vivid. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Now, moving ahead one verse to verse 51. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And the Philistines saw that their hero was dead. They turned and ran. No one on that battlefield could have foreseen what was going to happen. No one. Now, scholars are unsure exactly of how old David was. 
they think he was probably between 13 and 15. So he wasn't an eight-year-old little boy by any means, but he was not anywhere near these men who were ready and willing to fight, but not ready and willing to fight Goliath. Now, David had told Saul that he had killed a bear and a lion with his own hands. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that I could not do that. Shut up. When I said interactive, I meant like positive, okay? Anyway, I imagine that David had trained to be strong. Even though he was only 13, 14, 15 years old, he had to have strength in order to kill those wild animals. And he had practiced hours with his slingshot in order to be accurate. And I saw this quote, and I thought, man, this is so good. A trained warrior who is obedient to God can achieve victory. Amen? Now, I want to fast forward about 30 years. Okay? David wrote many of the Psalms, and I want to go to the most famous one, Psalm 22. I want you to think of the story of David and Goliath as we read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David says, I lack nothing, which tells us that God provides. Have you noticed that in your life? That even in circumstances that are tough, that somehow, some way, God provides a way through it. For David, he was not afraid. He was courageous. God provided courage for him. God provided stones for him. God provided skill to use that slingshot to kill Goliath. Have you noticed that God even provides our wants sometimes and not just our needs? Silly things that really in the grand scheme of things don't matter. All I ever wanted, like this is so silly, but the only thing I ever wanted, you know, everybody has their dream car. I just, I wanted a Toyota Tundra. That's what I wanted. Don't laugh, it's not funny. This is serious to me. All I wanted was a Toyota Tundra. And the worship team used to practice on Wednesday nights. And so every Wednesday night, we would come and practice at 7 o'clock. And when we were done, I had this thing where I would go to Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. It just makes me happy. Thank you. And I would go to Taco Bell, and I would leave here, and I would call Amanda. Do you want me to get you anything? Where are you going? Where do you think I'm going? And then I'd get it and come home. Well, this was my birthday. And so I came home from Taco Bell. And she had a birthday card for me. And in the card, there was a check. And it was a real check, but it wasn't one that we ended up using. But it was basically her way to say, 
let's get it to where we're trying to get to. And I, I mean, I could have cried. I was so happy. So it wasn't very much longer after that. I went and got my, my Toyota Tundra, and uh, I was so excited. And that's, it's a silly little thing, but that was something that I had always wanted. And at that point, it came to pass. God provided. David also says, I will fear no evil. God protects and defends. David was not afraid. He's the only person on that battlefield who wasn't. And Saul wanted to put his armor on him. And the Bible doesn't tell us that it's too big or that it doesn't fit. What David says is, I can't fight in this. I can't get used to this. He did not put on physical armor. He put on the armor of God. Not in the flesh, but just like Paul tells us in Ephesians, to put on the armor of God. That's what David did. Now, not being afraid, it's not something that we're all good at, right? You can say that all day long, but there are moments in our lives where we are scared to death. And we lack a little bit of faith. And I remember several times when I don't think I've ever been more scared. Uh, There was a Sunday in September of 2017. This was about five months after I got that Tundra. And Amanda was pregnant with Sawyer probably only about 10 weeks along. And we were doing an acoustic set, so we didn't have the whole band. Tim was playing acoustic guitar, and Lynn had his mandolin, um, and we were up here just kind of on stools sitting. And this was after the first, the worship in the first service, back when we had two services. And Amanda had gone back to the bathroom, and someone came and got me and said, hey, Amanda, did you see this? And I go back there, and she just kind of has this look, and took off right in the middle of the service right before Sheldon got up to preach and went to the ER on Sonsley and I was terrified that we wouldn't hear a heartbeat that something was wrong with her and I prayed and I prayed hard the whole way there I prayed hard while the doctor come in to see what was going on I prayed hard while I was getting ready to check to see if there was a heartbeat lo and behold there was a heartbeat now two months later was mid-November. We had been home all day. Um, Amanda had been making a Christmas tree. And I see some Taco Bell food. You think we should have Taco Bell for lunch? No? Okay. The Lord provides, but not all the time. She had gotten up and gone to the bathroom. Me and all the kids were in the kitchen, and I'm standing at the bar finishing up my Taco Bell. Now, she never calls me by my name. And if she calls me by my name, I get mad at her, and I say, don't call me that way. You know, she calls me honey or babe or love or whatever. And she goes to the front bathroom, and I hear from the other room my name with a certain tone with it. And immediately, my heart stopped because I, I, I knew, I knew even before I turned the corner what was going on and I I won't get too um, descriptive here because I I don't want to be gross but I I refer to this incident as the murder because it like it it was bad and she said we need to go to the hospital so I called my mom I said you need to get out here and stay with the kids I've got to take them to the hospital and again that feeling I had back in September it was back in September go to the 
hospital and they we got to skip the ER and just go straight up to the the L&D floor of the VSA on the third floor and I was thinking this is it she's 21 weeks along now and this this is it this is not going to be a healthy admitted her and she stayed the night and she ended up putting her on bed rest and there's four or five other incidents over the next 17 weeks until Sawyer is born of this. I mean we got to know the staff on the third floor because we were up there so much. I was afraid but Lord provided. Sawyer will be five in a month. Now I realize not everyone can tell that story. Not everyone can tell you have lost children have lost someone you you didn't get to have that story that I had but I guarantee you there's other stories in your life where the Lord provided for you the very end of Psalm 23 David says I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever our God is a God of promise and faithfulness the story of David and Goliath is not about David's victory that is about God's victory. What teenage boy could, in a fight, defeat a nine-foot, nine-man framed steel pillar? It doesn't happen. That is the Lord's victory. David simply put his faith into action. In 1980, the U.S. Men's National Hockey Team was a huge underdog. The Olympics were here in the U.S., in Lake Placid, New York, and nobody expected anything from them. They were the youngest team in the Olympic tournament. Most of them were 19, 20-year-old college students. They had a couple of players on that team who had a little bit of professional experience, but it was minor leagues. They had nobody that was from the, the NHL. Nobody thought they would do anything. The big team, the Goliath, was the Soviet Union. Everybody knew that they would win the gold medal. They had won four of the last five Olympic gold medals in men's hockey. The first game gets here, and the U.S. plays Sweden, and they tie them, which was kind of a shock. Nobody expected that. They figured that they would get blown out. And then somehow, some way, the U.S. team just keeps playing somebody and keeps beating them and beating them and beating them, and they make it to the medal round. Well, lo and behold, the first game they play in the medal round is the Soviet Union. And somehow some way they win and this is a very you may remember Al Michaels was the announcer on that game and with 10 seconds to go he says one of the most famous things you've heard and he says do you believe in miracles yes nobody expected that to happen that is exactly what happened with David and Goliath this hockey team put their faith into action their coach Herb Brooks had instilled in them that they could do anything if they would work hard enough. So they put their faith into action, and they got to realize victory, just like David did. Look, guys, sometimes, sometimes we need to hear that. Sometimes we need someone to protect us. I remember when I was in elementary school, my younger sister, Christy, she's four years younger than me. Um, I had a friend over named Chad. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember that he threw her down or pushed her down or something. Well, she was little, and she, she couldn't protect herself. So I was going to do it. 
so I went and found my baseball bat. And I chased after him. Lucky for Chad, he got on his bike, and he was able to ride away. And probably lucky for me, too, where I'd probably be in prison right now. But I needed to protect her because she couldn't do it for herself. You know, the songs we sing prior to the sermon, the battle belongs. The battle belongs to him. We forget that a lot of times, and we think in our own flesh that we have to fight these battles. But we need to make room for him in our lives to do that, to do whatever it is that he wants to do. I want to close out today with in a little bit different way. So instead of praying, I want to read some scripture. So I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. And I want to read a few scriptures to encourage you today. The first one is in Ephesians chapter 6. And it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 30, it says, The Lord your God, who is going before you, will fight for you, as he did for you in Egypt, before your very eyes. And then Paul says in his letter to the, to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 through 57, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in James, chapter 1, starting in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This morning, I want to challenge you to recognize that you need a defender. You need the great defender in your life. And our only response to anything God wants to do in our lives is simply to make room for him to do what he wants to do. So we're going to sing this song, Defender. Let's just worship him. God's love is our greatest defense. If you need prayer, there will be people up here at the front ready and willing to pray for you. But let's recognize our need this morning for our great defender and recognize that the battle is his and not ours. Let's stand together. Let's worship.